Just like the first disciples, teach us to pray should be eagerly and always on the lips of every follower of Jesus. I'm Luke Heisler. This is the Teach Us to Pray podcast. I've been taking another look at the ways I was taught to pray over the past year and a half or so. I'm wanting to continue and deepen that journey for myself and provide a kind of roadmap for others on the way. And so, this is a limited exploration through Christian prayer, where we'll take a look at the different marks of a prayerful life, talking with some friends about what it means to pray until we become prayer. In these conversations, we'll be trying to break prayer down to its most basic form, communion of the mind with God, learning together how to become people marked by the presence of God in both the secret place and the public square. Thanks for listening. Let's dive in. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This is a little bonus episode. I realized actually uh, about halfway through production that I had really missed the mark and forgotten to plan in, um, well, a couple different really important ways of praying, but this one specifically is super important. This conversation today is about uh, prophecy and discernment. Um, It's about hearing the voice of God. And uh, whether that's in scripture or in sort of that silent prayer that we talked about a couple of episodes ago with Kate, um, it's about attuning your ears to God's voice. Um, And sometimes it's about attuning your ear to God's voice so that you can tell others what he has given you. Um, And that would be prophecy. Um, As well as uh, we talk a little bit about this idea that I'd never thought about. I kind of have a revelation during this episode. Um, We talk about prophetic living, and maybe that's a thing that people have done work in. I have no idea. I have not looked into that. I just said some things that I thought um, were, they were just coming to me in the moment. So this is a great conversation. My guest is a a good friend of mine. Her name is Sylvia Swords. Um, She's a Christian studies, uh, religion, philosophy, theology, et cetera, et cetera, preaching uh, major. Uh, those are all of her concentrations kind of jumbled up into one little bit um, here at the university I attend. Um, and yeah, she has just been a great friend to me. And we always, whenever we sit down, we have brilliant and beautiful and profound and amazing and fun and funny conversations. Um, and it's usually not to any uh, credit of mine. Uh, she is a great mind and I am so happy to host her on this episode of the podcast. Um, thanks for tuning in. I am really excited for this episode. Here we go. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Um, Today, I have a, a friend of mine on to talk about some topics. Just a few. Just a few. What yep. are the topics? Who are you? What's going on? Um, What's the deal with airplane food? Uh, I wish I could tell you. It's actually, it's because the altitude that you're flying at messes with your taste buds, so the food tastes weird. But I digress. Hi, I'm Sylvia Swords. I'm I'm a junior now. That's weird. I know. Last time I was on a podcast with Luke, it was for the uh, student activities podcast, and I was just a, a mere sophomore. Mm-hmm. But we're older. We're wiser. We have more life experiences, but yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Sylvia. What do you do? What? Are, why are you here? I am a student here mm-hmm. at Anderson University, 
in Anderson, South Carolina. I am a Christian studies major. Ah. Uh, yes, I have a concentration in preaching, mm-hmm. and I have another concentration in theology and philosophy. So that's basically a fancy way of saying I, I read and write all the time. And yeah. That's pretty cash money. That's pretty cool. I, yeah, I'd say so. I I do enjoy it. If I didn't, I wouldn't be in my major. So yeah, um, this is kind of a this is this episode is very unplanned. <laughs> it's very um, <laughs> no I, notes. <laughs> no notes. This was not in my original um, sort of sketch for this podcast. Did not dream this up. And halfway through production, I realized, hmm, this is a. Uh, an important part of prayer that I'm like kind of leaving out. Mm. Um, and I really know nothing about it because I grew up fundamental mm. Baptist, um, really removed and away from this part of the, the spirit of God of the world of prayer and the <laughs> spirit of God. Yes. Um, literally came into school, not believing in any of the spiritual gifts. Right. Uh, cessationist check. What? Um, yeah. And so, mm. yeah. So kind of rethinking like prayer comes along with rethinking some things that I've never thought of. That doesn't really make sense, but I think it does. Like right. um, maybe thinking about some things that I haven't thought of before for the first time. Mm. And so I actually haven't really devoted much thought to this even at all. So like this is a, I, I, and I don't have many people that I talk to about this. Yeah, Maybe one of my best friends. Um, but so and Sylvia and I were got to talking one time and made a podcast with Sylvia before and it was a super fun time. So um, I was like, Hey, do you want to come on and talk about this thing? Cause I know it's huge in your story. Yeah. Um, I love the dramatic effect of like leaving out what we're going <laughs> to talk we're, about. What, what the topic is. Um, but no, the topic is, uh, prophecy and yeah. discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like ha- what that is. Um, and I don't really know. So we're I don't gonna really get, know either. We're going to just... get to the bottom of it. We're going to chat yeah. a little bit and probably develop a very uninformed, very, um, <laughs> uh, maybe a, a quite removed from church history, mm. um, which is like not typical for this pod, as you yeah. have heard. This will probably be tacked on at the end. It's the very, um, it's the outlier. As a little bonus guy. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. So I'm excited. So yeah, yeah, let's hop in. Awesome. What um, is, oh, maybe I guess talk a little bit about your, your story. Yeah. So I, for prophecy specifically, I, I was not, like Luke, I I didn't necessarily start going to church until I was 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. I was a sixth grader, and that church wasn't huge on talking about spiritual gifts or, you know, anything of that sort. So I was introduced to Jesus, but I, I wasn't introduced to any of the, you know, the Spirit of God or any of the spiritual gifts until I was a sophomore in high school when I started going to the church I go to now. And... They're very. Should I say the church that we go to? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, Talon's been on. Oh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Uh-huh. Um, duh. <laughs> I so I, going to New Spring when I was a sophomore in high mm-hmm. school really opened up my eyes to the Spirit of God in general and what the Holy Spirit is, who He is, and how we get to live in relationship with Him as well as the Son and as well as God Himself. So just like natural understanding the the entire trinity lives inside of us so oh, we have to we have to know 
not only the Son, not only God, Yahweh, but we also have to know the Spirit of God. So yeah. coming into New Spring was this beautiful awakening of of who another who the Trinity is, like mm-hmm. in its not in its full form because there's so much mystery that comes mm-hmm. along with it, but actually getting the 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 third person of the Trinity blew my mind. So yeah. I remember the first time I heard about prophecy was about the prophets in the Bible. Same. And I, I just expected it to end there. Mm-hmm. So when when the Spirit of God came upon me to prophesy, I was I was very scared, but mm-hmm. also like why why is the only thought in my mind to be obedient and not to run? Right. Because the very, I'll just tell the very first time that I experienced prophecy, very long-winded answer, but I was coming out of Fuse. Fuse is the, the middle school ministry, high school ministry. High school, for yeah. Ministry yeah. For, um, for New Spring. For New Spring. Mm-hmm. I, I went to the Rock Hill campus before it turned into the Lake Wiley campus, but we met in a gym. It was super intimate. <laughs> it was amazing. But we would all go to cookout after, nice. naturally, youth group. But right. As I was driving with my Fuse group leader, her name is Mandy. She's actually getting married this month. Amazing. I can't be there. It's so sad. But anyway, I was driving Mandy to cookout after. And during service, I remember like dropping to my face in worship. And the Lord just kept saying, you need to tell someone that everything's going to be okay, that I've already taken care of it, that they don't need to worry, that they these specific words were they don't need to take any more tests. Mm. And I was like, that's kind of weird. And I, I kept I kept asking God, like, okay, what does that mean? Who do you want me to say this to? Yeah. So getting in the car with Mandy, I had totally forgotten it. And we were at a red light and it was raining and I hate driving in the rain. So Mandy was comforting me. And then she said, I also wanted to tell you something. And she was saying how she had been experiencing She's been going to the doctor, and she has a condition where it might affect her fertility. And if mm-hmm. and if there's anything that Mandy wants to be, it's a mom. And if there's anything that Mandy would be amazing at, it's being a mom. Mm-hmm. So she was telling me this, and the Lord literally was like, say it. Like, it's mm-hmm. time. So I had to pull over to the side of the road because <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, screaming because I didn't understand what was going on. Right. And, like, how did I know that I was supposed to say this to her? And I remember looking Mandy in the eyes and being like, during worship, God told me that I needed to tell someone that they don't need to take any Mm -hmm. more tests. And I looked at her and I was like, Mandy, you don't need to take any more tests. You don't need to try and figure it out because God is faithful in in all things. And just like how God got, God allowed Sarah in the Old Testament to get pregnant, even though she was old, 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 (laughs) like God filled her womb with a, a, Abraham's seed because he said he would and Mm. God was like you don't need to take any more tests like I've already I've already taken care of it and she was like Sylvia I've been going to the doctor and like they've been testing my blood testing hormones and all this other stuff to see if I would if my fertility is on the line Mm. and that was the first time I had ever experienced prophecy in that context because you know so many people think of prophecy and it's like you almost have two sectors of of using the word of God to mm-hmm. exhort, encourage, correct, and edify people. But mm-hmm. there's we have to remember that prophecy is also getting a word from God and giving it to whoever we're supposed to. Yeah. Uh, from New Spring, I've heard um, prophecy is speaking 
to others on behalf of God. Yeah. Um, or like maybe more aptly, like allowing God speak yes. to others through you as a conduit. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even just in this whole podcast, um, sort of this journey, I've recorded most of these episodes now and sort of in this like beginning to end, we I started like wanting to deconstruct prayer down to its most basic form, community of the mind with God. And I've seen and talking to like various different people from um, a couple of different traditions, schools of thought um, about different facets of the praying life. Like I've seen what like praying does to us as chiefly maybe like as conduits, Mm -hmm. like contemplative prayer serves to transform us into a conduit for God's peace. Intercessory prayer transforms us into a conduit for God's justice. Um, and like all of these different things, right? Lament transforms us into a conduit for hope. Yeah. Um, and so thinking of prophecy as transforming us into a conduit for God's voice, mm-hmm. um, is so important. And I think like, yeah, for sure. Growing up, my, the only experience I had with prophecy was, um, that like there's, there's this like little piece of the old Testament Mm -hmm. that's pretty dusty. Really the only ones that are important are like Daniel, maybe Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it's like doing the same thing as Ezekiel. Mm -hmm. So we can kind of just ignore it, but also like has these couple cool verses that like you should slap in your Instagram bio. Uh Um, And so like that was my, and uh, forget about the minor prophets, right? Right, 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 Um, right. No Amos. Yeah, no, <laughs> no <Obadiah>. Joel. <laughs> like that was my very limited um, encounter with the prophets and or with prophecy like, yeah. and with the prophets, right? So um, and then just being in a rigid uh, environment that was not receptive to the spirit of God. Um, like I really up until maybe uh, 11th grade, senior year of high school, mm. I don't think I ever encountered the spirit of God Um uh, I'm sure I had. Yeah. I just didn't know what I was looking for or yeah. experiencing or, or finding because I like had no frame of reference mm-hmm. for what that was. Like I was never taught um, about that. The focus was al- always either on um, like the judgment or like mm. sometimes the love that the father brings. Sometimes and then, like, the mercy. Yeah. And then like the grace. tender care mm. of Jesus, which is like here for that yeah but like lots of false dichotomizing Mm. and then leaving the spirit of god kind of out to the side um which is not good even a little bit and we were just talking about that right before of like separating out the trinity how actually harmful that is to um not just your ideology your theology but your ministry yeah Uh, um, yeah 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 uh was talking with a, a great uh a friend of mine um on the contemplative prayer episode and she was just saying like kind of the same things we're saying of Mm -hmm. separating out the Trinity has ramifications for like how we live Um, and um, kind of restricting God to someone. A a big theme throughout this whole thing has been, I feel like a lot of times we put God up in heaven, right? In this cloudy space that like, whatever. Um, We have a professor that would be so furious. Literally, (laughs) I, I, in my brain, I was like, he would, he would be like, 
but where is heaven? Like, what? Where is it spatially <laughs> yeah. located? And I'm right. I'm like kicking myself because uh-huh. now I'm thinking like uh-huh, that. Same. Yeah. But like whatever, and, and like that's a problem in and of itself. I think like mm-hmm. this like far off, distant, cloudy, pearly yeah. gates place. Um, and we put God there on His throne, and we like very timidly approach it sometimes mm. to ask whatever we want. We treat <gasps> him like a vending machine or yep. like a genie or whatever analogy you want to use. Um, Zoltar machine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I think like, of course there's room for that, but, um, prophecy feels so intimate to me Yes, and, and learning to use discernment specifically in the silence of contemplation Yes, to receive a word from God, whether it's for yourself, um, which is just God speaking to you mm-hmm. or for someone else, which is prophecy, um, I think is like not as foreign to me as it used to be um, because I've encountered that, Mm -hmm. but it definitely is. And and I mean, we're all used to, I think, encountering that through scripture. And I've talked about um, uh, meditation, praying scripture, right? uh, right, Reading the Bible as prayer um, with actually a pastor from New Spring Lee. Um, And uh, it was great. But um, I think we're comfortable with that idea Mm -hmm. when it comes to like sitting in stillness and waiting for... Or worshiping or going throughout our day wherever we receive something, right? Yeah. Um, making space always in our day and in our heart to receive something from God um, for someone or for ourselves yep. is like, especially I think in the tradition that we're both kind of ingrained in, which is the mm-hmm. like um, maybe more mainline evangelical Protestant yeah. um, as opposed to like hardcore evangelical traditional sort yeah. of stuff. I mean, that's where I come from, but now I'm like veering toward maybe Anglican, who knows where I fall. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really like, we get weird about that. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- why do you think that is? Because we can't explain it. Yeah. So, especially with, I mean, sim- simply within the Christian studies, aroma, nature, mm-hmm. like we're desperate to explain. Mm. We're desperate to to have the answer for whatever it is people are asking. So when it comes to things like the mystery of God through his spirit, through right. the Trinity, et cetera, we, we almost don't even want to approach it because we're, we're scared to say that we don't know. Mm. And we're almost afraid to look stupid. And that that is far the ramifications of of trying to explain the Trinity and doing it poorly because you'd want to sound right rather than sounding like you actually know the Trinity in some sort of way. The ramifications of of trying to do that versus looking someone in the face and saying, hey, I I have no idea how to answer this question, but but I'm I'm continually figuring out it out for myself. and, And the mystery of God is such a beautiful thing and we can't just like, try to explain it away Mm. the term putting god in a box is is the like Mm -hmm. it literally makes me roll my eyes because sure don't put god in a box but also like don't try to make him out for something that he's not yeah right yeah it's funny this is kind of turning into an episode as well to like unpack some things i've learned along the way but Mm -hmm. like it i used to always really also get bothered by like the term putting god in a box um or like setting, I guess, boundaries to God and con- right. c- containing him to an area. 
But I think like, and I agree with you, like that's harmful for sure. And people mm-hmm. do that. I think more often our temptation is to set God, like I was saying, like up in a up way. In a way yeah. um, and a conversation, uh, a, a part of a conversation came up in the episode on contemplation. That one was so good. If you didn't catch it, go back and listen to it. But um, uh, where we got started talking about like so much of our prayer and our, our models for prayer and our teaching tools for prayer even mm-hmm are focused on praying up yeah, yeah, and praying, even praying out with our ministry. Mm-hmm. But like, I really think that, I mean, we started this episode talking about the indwelling of the Trinity in us. Yeah. That's come up so many times throughout this podcast um, series. Um, but I think like something I said during the talk on contemplation is like, we've got everything we need within us. Yeah, we've got yeah. the intercessor. We've got the like the helper the helper and we've got the compassionate father yeah. all within us and i think w- our tendency is to say that we have the holy spirit within us mm-hmm. um because he because jesus like ascended because god is in right, heaven and right. the holy spirit came down uh-huh. yeah and it is it's ve- it is putting god in a box yeah but at the same time like in a in a weird roundabout way and this is like super turn of phrasey english major of me to say um like god is in a box he's in us we are the temple. We are the box. Yeah. Uh, but we like miss what that actually means. Yeah. And we miss that. And um, yeah. So like maybe shifting gears a little bit now, because I think this is just where the conversation is going to discernment. And we'll mm-hmm. come back to prophecy, yeah. I think for sure. Um, but like in each sort of area of prayer, like, okay, I've talked about, uh, we've talked about lament. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked about... Um, intercession and petition we have talked about worship as prayer we have talked about um the history of prayer throughout the church just prayer broad strokes what that is what that's for um contemplative prayer silence and solitude like all these different things Mm -hmm. right um and praying scripture there i hit all of them there it is um what does discernment have to do with any of those like yeah. it's not its own thing off to the side like oh I'm gonna yeah. practice discernment um mm-hmm. like you can't i don't think you can practice discernment without a uh a subject a target yeah. a focus do you know yeah. what i mean like yeah you what are you discerning mm-hmm. yeah you you can't just be like oh i'm discerning like there there has to be a second yeah area of that so i think for prayer specifically the the act of discernment you can't if you want to discern the voice of God, because mm-hmm. I mean, that also ties into prophecy. If you want to discern the voice of God, it starts with actually talking to him. Because yeah. I, I hear this analogy all the time, but if you were in a store and you're a kid and you get lost from your mom. Right. And and you're you're like, oh my gosh, where's my mom? I'm terrified. Like uh-huh. there's a bunch of strangers here. And the second your mom says, Luke, Luke. Your the voice of your mom is so familiar to you because you spend so much time with her yeah. that you immediately are like, okay, I know she's with me. Like I know she's here. I just have to go find her. Mm. The cool thing about God is like when you choose to spend that time with him to be able to discern his voice, there's no depth nor height that you would have to go and find him. Yeah, right. He he isn't. You're not lost in a grocery store. Yeah. You you are with him like it makes me think of scripture when i make my bed in the depths of hell you are there like 
when I lie down in green pastures because you make me, like uh-huh. you're there. You, he, he's always here. We have to take time in silence and solitude to uh-huh. let him talk. Yeah. Because I, I even just, I preached for the very first time actually on Monday, and I talked about the parable of the persistent widow and, and how we should pray without losing heart. Mm-hmm. And one of my points was we have to actually allow God to talk back. Because we can so often sit in our quiet time for mm-hmm. however long we decide to do that. We can sit there and we can journal and read scripture and we can write down our prayers. But there comes a point when we start talking over God. Yeah. There comes a point when it's more about, okay, okay, let me do the the up and out thing. Yeah. Let me yeah. let me pray up and say like, oh, I'm so thankful. Like you woke me up today. Your mercies are new every morning. I'm going to pray for whatever ministry I'm part of. I'm going to pray for my mom and my dad and my sisters, and, and I'm going to pray for my BCM girls. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do all of this. But what what happens when you when you sit with a blank page in front of you and just wait? Mm. So, so often yeah. in my personal walk with Jesus, sitting down after I've read and, like, having a blank page in front of me and just asking, hey, Hey God, like, will you talk to me? Because uh-huh. that He desires to do that, uh-huh. and it hurts my heart when people are like, "Oh, God doesn't talk to me." Yeah, He does. I think there's. A, I was just about to ask you, like, what do you think the distinction between? Uh, I I've never experienced this, and I know that people that I trust and love have. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, they have no reason to lie to me about this. Right. And I don't think that it's any like weird psychological thing happen right. happening. But like, I know people whose experiences that they've heard the audible voice of God. Yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah. Um, happens I, to me every day. <laughs> I've not had that. Right. But like, that's fine because that's not the only way that God speaks. Exactly. Um, and I think that's like kind of what you were getting at is mm-hmm. that like people think, Oh, God doesn't talk to me. Um, because he doesn't like yeah. audibly speak to me. Um, but that doesn't mean that he's not moving your heart mm-hmm. and bringing mm-hmm. things to your mind and um, bringing scripture to your mind. That happens yeah. to me all the time. Yeah. Um, and I used to always discount that, not discount it. Actually, I used to always take credit for that. Mm. Um, and it's just the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's just God doing yeah. that um, for me. So, so I don't have to. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. And um, and that also yeah. comes with you burying that scripture in your heart. Cause That's one, what I talked about with Lee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of so amazing at burying <laughs> scripture. He'll bury that stuff anywhere. <laughs> but like the deal with Satan is he wants to deprive you of the truth. Yeah. He's he's going to try to burn your Bible all he wants. But right. when it's when it's roots are so they're scraggly and and Mm -hmm. they're like all over your heart like Satan can't get to that yeah and this is maybe a tangent i'm gonna go down it anyways i I think because i kind of touched on this before but i think this also pertains well to this conversation about discernment and Mm -hmm. and prophecy even because i think you can prophesy scripture over somebody as well for sure i mean like i think that's more common um and we discount it as not prophecy because it's just like i'm just telling someone scripture but yeah no like that is god's words for them and for you and for the the church exactly um which oh the unity there anyways um that was like eight tangents i'm sorry uh let me try to get back to um yeah so i think like we have this 
we have this way of thinking about kind of burying scripture and setting scripture's roots like deep in our hearts um, that means to us and to the people around us that we have to memorize a specific version of mm. this or, or maybe even not any specific version, mm-hmm. right? Like we have to memorize this this sequence of words that will somehow like if we recite them or think them in a moment yeah. will bring us some magical remedy or release. Mm. Um, I think there's so much benefit to memorizing scripture verbatim. Yeah. But if you're memorizing scripture verbatim and you are not sucking all of the wisdom you can get out of those words, yep. the the wisdom of, right, the wisdom that's not written there yes. in, in letters and in grammar and syntax, mm-hmm. but the wisdom that is deeper than that and that mm-hmm. is, right, you, scripture is revealing something to us that is deeply and intricately woven into the fabric of time and space. Yeah. Um, and this is where I get really uh, Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> like this is where my like Hebraic, mm, you know, definitely. stuff comes out. Um, and wisdom is adopting new eyes to see the ways we can take that, that, I don't want to say moral because it's not even mm-hmm. what it is that the fabric of reality yeah. and realizing that God is, is telling us something through everything that there is. And also under like everything that there is, is underpinned with this, mm-hmm. this current. Right. Mm-hmm. And that current is leading to him. It's leading yeah. back to yeah. the one who set the current. Yep. Um, Jesus, right? Like I, I believe all of Scripture is revealing uh, Christ completely, and um, yep. and so when we use wisdom rather than just rather than just memorizing the words that are set on top of the current. Oh my gosh, anyone can quote John three sixteen. Right, but if you don't get it, if you're not if you're not tapped into and building with the raw materials that are underneath, yeah, the words then what are you doing? Right. So I think yeah. like that, that's all to say, maybe all like all of that huge chunk of time I just talked <laughs> <laughs> is all to say that like, honestly, if rote memorization is not your thing and you're, you feel really discouraged because you feel like you can't speak over people. Mm. Um, like you can't speak scripture over people because you don't have the words memorized like word for word, right. like syntax for syntax like you don't know where the comma goes like Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like that's i i'm convinced that is not what it means to know scripture intimately oh yeah um and so like that dispel that lie like you know what i mean like that is Mm -hmm. um that's not what it means to be able to speak scripture over somebody completely that's not what it means to know god revealed through scripture so then you can hear his voice right Mm -hmm. eugene Mm -hmm. peterson in his brilliant brilliant book eat this book um (laughs) it's so good how uh, was that elijah uh elijah and john yeah he's like eat the squirrel Uh, oh no ezekiel ezekiel i was gonna say ezekiel and john something Um, e named after not named yeah the book is named after um that passage in ezekiel and in revelation when not literally eating the squirrel but internalizing its words yeah oh there's this quote in it this is going back to what i was just talking about but whatever there's this quote in it that's like john ate john eats the scroll Mm. 
And the book he eats becomes the book he writes. Yeah. Oh. Mm. And even, oh, this gets me so hyped. I could be doing so laps good. right now. Yeah. But even that in and of itself uh-huh. is like with discernment and prophecy, mm-hmm. if you're not willing to eat the words that God is telling you to eat, yeah. how are you supposed to become the thing that you want to show people to like, we are supposed to imitate Christ. Like when Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Right. Like right. Paul is, Paul's eating the words. Mm-hmm. Paul is getting those words from God to write down. That is eventually the scripture that we get to eat. Yeah. So when we're, when we are taking that time to be in the word, to grow in discernment by learning what God has already said. Mm-hmm. And continues and to continues say. And continues right. to say. Like we can't, I know, I understand in Revelation when it says, we are not supposed to add or subtract anything from this book. Right. God is God is finished with the book. Right. He is now still building the church. He is now still refining the church. And that is what prophecy and discernment looks like in us. Because without without knowing who's actually talking to you, without eating the words that he's already said to discern the voice of God, we could be listening to a completely different spirit and we could be doing 10 times more harm than good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we really just treaded on Leonidas territory. Mm. Um, but that's okay because I think meditation like that mm-hmm. is key to prophecy and discernment. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about silence and solitude, making space in your day, in your heart, mm-hmm. in your mind, et cetera, et cetera. All the things I talked about with Kate, mm-hmm. that's key to silence and or silence and solitude. That's key to um, discernment and yeah. to prophecy. So then maybe like if we can, let's try to connect prophecy and discernment to intercession. Yeah. Um, because like, oh yeah, I think so much of our prophecy to people, speaking as someone who has little experience with this, so like, mm-hmm. you know, butt in if I'm doing something wrong, mm-hmm. like is justice is doing justice for them and mm. through then like weirdly through them. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like we are, we are, um, all through the Hebrew Bible, God sets up these pillars of, um, sort of, okay. Back to that sort of undercurrent, right. Mm-hmm. Tapping into that undercurrent yields a heart for others. Yeah. Um, a compassionate heart for others. Really, because what it actually yields is a, a person that looks more like God. Yeah. Um, but what it, what it yields right in practice is a compassionate heart for others. And then further, a desire for justice on others' behalf. I, that made me think of, a, of another time that I was, I was at another summer camp <laughs> with New Spring. I was at the gauntlet. It was, uh-huh. it was the last gauntlet that we've had 2019. And I remembered it was it was uh, Thursday night, which is the worship night. So obviously everyone's like, this is the best night ever. Anyway. Yeah. I remembered finishing the worship night. I remember once again being on my face and right. like ugly crying, like snot was p- pooling on the floor in front As of me. As is what happens. As is. Like if, if you're not crying like that, are you really crying? Anyway, <laughs> one, of the, one of the people I had met while I was there and sort of had, you know, we're friends, we're going to say hi to each other and sit with one another. But he 
I, I felt him come over to me when we were in worship. And I just remember him like with his hand on my back and he was just like, I could hear him praying and I could hear him. And all of a sudden it stopped for a minute. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So when the, when worship stopped and we stood up, he, he looked at me and he said, Sylvia, he's okay. Yeah. And I was like, what? And mind you, I had never had like an in-depth conversation with this guy about any sort of things I was going through at the time. Mm. A few months prior in that February of 2019, I lost a dear friend to cancer Mm. and he was the closest thing I had to an older brother was incredibly influential in a very, in a very influential part of my life. Mm. So losing him, like I remember praying to God before I really understood how losing people works. That was the first person that I ever really like Mm -hmm. experienced death with. So I remember sitting on the edge of my bed and praying to God. I was like, I just want to be comfortable. Like, I don't want to be sad anymore. I don't Mm -hmm. want to think about Alex dying anymore. I I, I just can't. I miss him. I I can't keep missing him, Uh you know? So standing up after this worship and having this man that has no idea who (laughs) Alex is, no idea what what I had been going through for the past couple of months, stand up, look me in the eyes and say, an angel came and told me that he's okay. Uh-huh. That literally the huh. the words he said was that he's healed. He has two legs now. Huh. Alex had a an above the knee amputation mm. because he had cancer in his bones. I was literally like, mm? <laughs> first first it was like complete shock and yeah. I had no words. Yeah. And then obviously like the waterworks started and right. and I like buried my face in mm. his chest and stuff, but. That I can I cannot dismiss mm-hmm. that in my life. I cannot dismiss yeah. that he Ugh. felt the compassion of God so deeply, mm-hmm. and he heard from God and was shown so vividly and so explicitly that his only answer to that was, "I have to tell her. Mm-hmm. I have to be obedient because this is what God is telling me to do." Yeah. So. And that ministered to you so, like, like, viscerally, like, you know what I mean? On such a deep level. Truly. um, That, like, touched something that you didn't know needed to be touched. Literally. Yeah. yeah. I I think of, like, yeah, like, on the one hand, ministering to people so intimately through something like that in a way you don't even know is going to reach them in such a way that it does. But also, like, this is a thought that I just had that I don't know if it's real. Like, if it works, mm. it might. I'm just going to say it. Like, I think, okay, so right when maybe this isn't prophecy, this is more discernment to the voice of God sort of idea. But when, uh, but it's prophecy in a way, I guess. Anyway, okay, I'm just going to say it. Um, <laughs> when we receive something from God, whether it's, his written words, mm-hmm. right? And we're tapping into that deep wisdom right. that permeates the world. Or we like he- hear something, right? We sit silently with our notebook mm-hmm. open and he fills it for us. Yeah. Um, not to say we enter into like some trance. Yeah. Uh, that's not how the yeah. Bible was written. Um, <laughs> anyway. Definitely uh, <laughs> not revelation. 
<laughs> um, but thinking of that, like we carry that with us yeah, throughout our day and we live those things, right? We live out the word that was set in our heart that morning that word is also living because it's a that yeah. word is a person that word is not yeah a, a, an image in our mind or it's not a, a, some shapes on a page john is explicit in his gospel calling jesus the word yeah the, yeah. the word is alive and it is faithful and true to quote yeah. john's other moment in revelation mm. um and it's sharp Oof. like so when we live that maybe what we do is we uh, john again like we illuminate the spaces around us mm-hmm. and just by being a person who is knowingly consciously carrying the word we received from God, mm-hmm. whether from scripture or from uh, the Holy spirit moving in us, we're dispelling darkness from the world yeah. and, and we're showing people what it looks like to really walk in step with yep what God has for humans and what he's always had for humans and what he will forever have for humans um, who choose to just walk the same steps. And I wonder like about prophetic actions. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like does that word in us have so much power and so much weight that it starts to seep out of us? Mm -hmm. We don't even mean it. We don't it's even say overflow, anything. We yeah. just do garden things. Yep. And we don't even think about the how the difficulty of of plowing or planting or watering anymore. We just do it. Yeah. And we don't explain to people how yeah. to garden. We don't explain to them how to plant. And if you're unfamiliar with Genesis, this metaphor is gonna be really confusing <laughs> to you. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh and and also I think we have had so many conversations about new creation mm-hmm. and the entire world is a garden, the universe as a garden to yeah. cultivate. Anyway, um, that's getting away from what I was saying. But yeah, I mean, like, aren't those actions prophetic? Aren't they revealing what God has said to the yeah. people around us just by the way we act? So I think that puts so much weight on living prayerfully. Yeah. And that is really the, the point of this podcast is to... Um, gesture to what it means to live prayerfully and suggest that as something that is good and something that is better and something that really ultimately doesn't draw the attention to yourself, Mm -hmm. but draws the attention to God. Yeah. And I, and the, the medium of how we do that is by showing our weakness because Mm. i mean just like the whole david narrative of how david was this shepherd boy who was short and and wasn't quite impressive to the eye and yet god chose him to be the king of israel god chose him to Mm -hmm. to carry on the line to Mm -hmm. his son jesus so it it comes when we show our weakness that is the multitude in the power and the tenacity that comes with the words that come from our mouths because it's from God is far greater. Right. When you think of a when you think of a, a clay jar and it has been broken and if you try to reassemble it, there's going to be there's going to be holes and cracks and but when you put a candle in that 
it, there's so much light that shines through. So in the brokenness of the clay uh-huh. jar, the light that is inside of it is what is more magnificent. Or it's the um, that Japanese art of filling yeah. the cracks um, yep. with yep. gold um, foil. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I like the light one better because I think that shows that just I think it more accurately accurately speaks to what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, prophecy is a lot more important than I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. And like the idea, I'm, I'm gonna have to sit on that and really think about that more. Like the idea of prophetic living mm-hmm. instead of just prophetic words. Yeah. Like, hmm, what does it mean to? do God's words to you in the public square. Yep. And the secret place. Mm -hmm. But the public square is doing something different than what the secret place is doing. Secret place is performing you. The public square is also performing you. In a different, in more of like a... In a different way. Know your, not, know your place, not in a bad way. Yeah. But know your place as in like, you're going to discover limits that the secret place wouldn't have shown you because you're the only one that's in the secret place. Yeah. And the secret place is not a, a, with God, obviously. Yeah. Right. It's not a luminary moment for others. Um, it's not a evangelizing moment. Yeah. Um, whatever that word means. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway, yeah. Yeah. I guess, um, Prophecy and discernment really do, they do tie to all the different modes of prayer. I mean, like yeah. those three make sense. And I think it would be maybe trickier to draw a line to lament. Um, mm. mm-hmm. As in, as it, because lament brings hope. Yeah. So we could sit here all day, I think. Yeah. Um, we're already running up against time. So <laughs> that's all right. That's fine. It was a great conversation. Yeah. Um, I hope I hope my own experiences have done more than Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. More than I could ever do, so. Yeah. Well, okay, so then one sentence, what is prophecy? What is discernment? Can I give you two? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would say prophecy is receiving a word from God and giving it to whoever you need to give it to, mm-hmm. whether that be yourself or someone else. Mm-hmm. Discernment is knowing the voice of God. Mm. We love a concise little, yeah. as John Tyson would say it, a, a little nugget. A nugget. Oh, I love that, man. Anyways, <laughs> um, thank you for listening. This might be the last episode you hear. Wow. Um, not officially the the closing episode. Like I said, this is a sort of like a bonus one off. I might do another one of these. Um, if anything piques my interest or Luke and his podcast, me and my podcasts. Um, <laughs> but it's been fun. I mean, if you didn't catch the sort of, I guess the main series or the like main finale, like thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, it's been a great, uh, great journey. I've learned so much. Um, I hope you've learned a lot. Thank you, Sylvia, for coming. Thank on. you for having me. Yeah, of yeah. course. It was a ton of fun as always. And, uh, I guess go and listen to the rest of the podcast if you want to. Um, we really, I mean, like my guests and I just really dive into all this stuff. Awesome. And it's uh, a lot. I, I I think I talked more this episode than I have talked for the most of the podcast. So if you don't like my voice, then you have this a is great a podcast podcasting you. voice. Thank you, thank you. I think I think most people would like this one more because I'm not talking. <laughs> <as much. laughs> 
And you never know. You never know. You never know. You never know. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, I will see you somewhere else. I'll maybe. see you at school. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Teach Us to Pray podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and share it with your friends. We hope this conversation was helpful to you and to your practice of prayer. If you missed any of the other ones, you can go back and listen wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you back here next week with a new guest and a new topic. Thanks again. Bye.